Carolee was giving him a look he knew from long experience. Her eyes wide and her head tilted just a fraction to the right, as if what you'd just said had thrown her off balance. She was enjoying this. If it wasn't the birds and monkeys, it was the trinket shops and the little out-of-the-way restaurants everyone assured her the tourists hadn't discovered yet in spite of the fact that they were listed in the back of all the guidebooks and the waiters practically erupted from their shoes when the tour bus pulled up in front. She didn't speak the language beyond cuanto and demasiado, but it didn't stop her. She wanted things. She wanted life, new experience, a change in the routine. What good's retirement if you're just going to sit there and rot? That was her line. He'd heard it all day, every day, until finally he'd given in. Though privately, he figured that since you were going to rot anyway, you might as well do it at home, or at least you could drink the water. Didn't you just tell me this morning how you need some real exercise instead of what, shuffleboard and bending your elbow at the bar? She canted her head a degree more so that her hair, which she still wore long, swept across the right side of her face. And in that moment, he felt the thing he'd always felt for her, the thing that had tugged at him now for forty years and more. Or am I wrong? Did I mishear you? Huh, mister? Was that it? She poked him for emphasis, but playfully, copacetically, one stiff finger right in the ribs, and he couldn't help smiling despite himself. Soon they were winding their way along the seashore, the road getting progressively worse, the houses sparser, everything so green it ached. It was one in the afternoon. The sun baked the roof of the bus. People dozed, their heads thrown back or cradled in their arms. Though the windows were open, the air hardly seemed to move, as if it were another medium altogether, solid, heavy like sludge. Lunch had been at an authentic cafe, Ticos, that was what the locals were called, all around them, going through the motions of fork to mouth like anybody you'd seen anywhere. That these people, this place, existed independently of him and everything he knew had astonished him all over again as if he'd gone outside himself, a ghost drifting through another reality. He tried to capture it with his camera, snapping dutifully away, but the photos themselves were ephemeral, images flashing by on a computer screen attached to nothing, and no one would ever see them, he knew that. The waiter had brought plates of rice and beans, some sort of fried fish, and rum punch, thank God for that. Though if he stopped to think about it, He'd have to wonder about the ice cubes clacking away in the depths of the pitcher and where exactly they'd come from, as if he didn't already know. The driver jerked at the wheel, shifted down, then up, then down again. He felt his stomach clench. They passed a scatter of houses, a grocery, a school, and suddenly both shoulders of the road were thronged with boys in white shirts and dark trousers and girls in matching blouses and skirts marching through the ochre mud, either to or from school, he couldn't say which, half of them going one way and half the other. Maybe it was double sessions. Maybe that was it. Or siesta. Did they have siesta here? Someone had told him education was compulsory for everybody in the country, grades one through eight, after which it fell off to practically nothing. But that was all right. At least they were literate. At least they could do sums. And what more did you need for a tourist economy? Language skills, maybe. 
Their waiter at lunch spoke a hopped-up Jamaican dialect, a kind of reggae English, but you could hardly understand what he was saying. Still, just about everybody had at least some English, thanks to Imperial America and the consumer fever that kept spiraling outward, till the buy-now-pay-later message was practically a tribal chant from every outpost of the earth. What a gulf there was between needs and wants, he was thinking. All these things, these appliances, these handheld devices. But what he wanted now, needed urgently, was a rest stop. And something to wet his throat, bottled water, a soda, gum. Did anybody have any gum? Carolee was dozing, her head pinned beneath his left arm, sweating there, his sweat and hers conjoined. He tried not to jostle her as he reached for her bag, for the water in the plastic bottle with the screw cap she'd remembered to bring along, and he hadn't. The bag, one of those black over-the-shoulder...